Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. If I don't have enough to deal with in here every day, I got Rick doing the Macarena across the table from me. I have no clue what, what or why or how, but... Uh, That's better than twerking. <laughs> I, I can't argue with that, so... Uh, Oh, yeah, welcome into the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You've got me you all. Want me to do it? Yeah, you might have the Full-Time to. Fantasy Podcast Network, where you can find all the great shows for all your fantasy needs. We are Flieger and Briggs. This is the Asylum Sports Show right here on the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find us at on Twitter, at Asylum Football. You can email the mailbag because... Uh, Still a lot of questions out there, especially with these bye weeks. So, I tell you, they are mess. rolling in. Um, asylumfootball at gmail.com. Never say twerking again. I mean, you just <laughs> threw off the beginning of the show. I, I mean, it was bad enough. You're over there wildly gesticulating for no reason. There was no music. There was no nothing. You're just wobbling about. Well, you, and then you, you said twerking. You, you Rick know, Briggs you said know twerking. me for what over ten years now. Unfortunately, you know I'm just a happy person. That, that's just not true. So I have to assume you're on mushrooms or something tonight. Oh, that'd be cool. Do you ever do mushrooms? You seem like I, the type I, that would have done say. mushrooms. Oh yeah, we could, that. One of these days, we're going to do a drunk show where you're going to tell all those stories from the '70s. You won't actually say <laughs> on the air. We we've got to have that. But it's week eleven, Rick. Week eleven. Yeah, man. I don't like it. It's twenty degrees here in Western Pennsylvania. Fantasy playoffs are what? You have three games left before your fantasy playoffs start. This thing's about over. We're going to be talking about. What NASCAR? Well, no, that'll be over. We talk about hockey Golf, here in a hockey, few weeks. College basketball. That's about I'll it. talk college hoops, but is there a yeah, fantasy college, college, college basketball? College basketball, yeah. Oh yeah, I would imagine there's fantasy anything. Maybe I we'll guess. become experts at that. But I tell you, another significant week, Rick. Green Bay, the Giants, Seattle, and Tennessee on a bye. A lot of potential points out there so, sitting on the bench for so resting. A lot of QBs and running backs when you look at that list. Yeah. That's what stuck out at me trying to do get ready for our starts and sits tomorrow night. I was struggling because there ain't anybody you can sit at this point. But yeah, uh, really. We'll do that anyhow. We'll worry about that tomorrow. So let's get into the headlines coming out of Week 10. Rick, a couple of minor things. Alshon Jeffrey, he's day-to-day with an ankle. That's surprising coming off the bye week. And I guess it's a true day-to-day, almost a game-time decision. So something to keep an eye on there. Here's the one story. There's, there's a lot bigger headlines. Well, maybe not bigger, depending on how this goes. But the one I find most fascinating is this Tyler. Lockett situation. Have you followed this at all? Yeah. To my knowledge, I mean, he's probably out now, but as of two days ago, he was still in the hospital. Now they have the bye week coming up, and Pete Carroll's running he's around fine. saying, Yeah, it's no big he's deal. Fine. He's not going to miss any time. Can, can this possibly be true where you have swelling? to the point of a multi-day hospitalization, and they called it a serious issue coming out of that game. And now, is this just Pete Carroll being happy stoner Pete Carroll? or I What, what no is idea. this? I mean, okay, if nothing's broken and you're still in the hospital, I mean, that, that's about the deepest bone bruise you could probably yeah, get, I would imagine. What is it? Yeah. It was something to do with the shin. Right. I know. So, obviously, he could have got kicked in the shin. That would be a serious painful injury but usually if you're in the hospital for multiple days yeah there's there's no meat in front of the shin i mean probably some damage in there yeah it's just it's very strange i 
don't necessarily believe Pete Carroll and you know as a fantasy owner with what Tyler Loggett's done I'm in a full-blown panic and hopefully over this bye week it's just anymore when you hear you know I'm trying to think of an example and I'm blanking on we've heard this a couple of times over the last couple of years where he's in the hospital for a potentially serious situation. You're worried as in if he wasn't in the hospital, we'd be talking amputation here <laughs> or something. You know, Trey was it Trey Burt? Who who was it? There's a couple guys that have had this and it's well, Teddy Bridgewater almost had right? had yeah. his knee. Robert Edwards way back with the Patriots almost yeah. had his leg amputated. Now his was different. It tore an artery, I right. think, uh, when he was running well, in the sand. And that's kind of what I think of when yeah. they say this, right? Because he was sitting on the sideline. Of course, they called him questionable to come back. They always say that. But he didn't look to be – he was sitting but didn't look to be – in any type of agony, and then all of a sudden you find out he's in the hospital, and you think, all right, well, this is just, you know, something's real swelled up. They don't want to put him on an airplane, so so let's get this checked out to where, all right, he's still there to where, you know, that hippie Pete Carroll's running around saying, hey, no biggie, no big deal. (laughs) This is something, you know, I don't know if we'll get the truth until probably this time next week, but something I'm going to be keeping an eye on. He's getting fitted with an artificial leg, but he'll be all right. Something (laughs) doesn't smell right to me about this one. I'll tell you what, Rick, you know, something that, talking about the things that were really significant, and you could see it in the second half of that Rams-Steeler game, is Rams losing uh, center Brian Allen? Yeah, he's out huge. out for the year. Um, that that affects your Jared Goff, your Todd Gurley's, and basically all those receivers as well. Um, yeah, and the Rams have been looking really shaky anyway. This is this is a big blow to that offense. Well, and I, I think what you saw, Jared Goff was just bad, and I presume will continue to be bad, you know, here on after. Where it really affected in that game specifically was Todd Gurley. Early in that game, Rick, he was ripping it off nine yards at a clip, and it looked like it was going to be that all day. Right up the gut. He goes down. Gurley slows down. Then they completely went away from it, which I never understood in what was a one-possession game all day. So I don't know if that's bad coaching, if it was the lack of their center, whatever it was. But I think it's more significant because we're reaching that point in the year where if everything they told us was true, now it's Todd Gurley time, right? We've got an NBA-style load management up until this point. Now's the time you set them free. you got to have these wins to make the playoffs. Now you take a center out. It's a bad tidy if you've been patiently waiting for Todd Gurley to take you back to a title it might not gonna happen that's right and they're a very precarious position right now I mean in that western division what eight and one and eight and two I believe Seattle and right. San Francisco you have Chicago excuse me you have Green Bay Minnesota well above 500 um, Dallas and Philadelphia still right there I mean there's no room for error no, I don't plus you have Carolina and in uh, New Orleans. Right. I don't see other. a scenario at this point where the Rams make. The no, they have to off. rip three or four off in a row yeah, just to to really step into a nice position. Yeah, because I kind of kept waiting for San Francisco to come back to the pack. Even after a loss, I don't feel that way anymore. They're, they're for real. It's, it's just maybe I was slow getting there. I had a hard time buying into it. That team, that defense is for real, and they're good enough offensively. Now, Emmanuel Sanders dealing with those ribs, yeah, it's nothing long-term. 
but, but boy, he had awful painful. And he added an element to that offense that they didn't have. He made them that much better. But I, I think they're the real deal. Uh, tonight, Rick James Connor, he's going to be good to go take on the Browns after dealing with that shoulder injury. Could be glad tidings for him. Uh, Devontae Freeman, Rick, out two weeks with a foot sprain. Tell you what, doesn't much impact your rushing yards for your fantasy team, but he'd been doing some good things for PPR-wise and in the passing game, and that's going to be a loss for a team coming off a huge win. You lose him, and, of course, Austin Hooper going to miss time with that sprained MCL. Uh, reports come out yesterday that it was going to be about a month, and, and the coach immediately said, no, no, I consider him weak to ease, taking the Pete Carroll stance, I guess. so. They do that in the south, uh, in, in yeah. the southern division, so – so, uh, but bad tidings coming from uh, from Atlanta after what was a huge win. So you take Freeman out, of course, everybody's just losing their mind, and the draft Knicks are pulling out their write ups for uh, your boy Brian Hill from when he was coming out of college. And boy, he's a stardom everywhere you look. You, you buying? Kind of like Ty Johnson. He's yeah, I mean, might be more. He's going for, to bring you that championship. I mean, you're a graveyard if you don't spend your dollar right, on him. Yeah. No, I mean, if if Devontae Freeman isn't carrying your team, they, look, this kid may. Admittedly, Don um, Devontae Freeman did hasn't all year hasn't looked like Devontae Freeman no, that we've come accustomed not to. The, well, not that right? we thought we would see Obviously. when you take Coleman out of it, the mix. It, yeah, no, no, no question about that. So from that standpoint, this kid may provide a little spark for him. But as far as turning into the next LT, eh, I wouldn't be holding my breath. Well, here's where logic has to prevail, right? So as you look at that offense and the way the season went. Now, let's put the caveat here. It's week 11, everybody's injured, half the league's on by. So if you get a guy who's going to be a starting running back, yes, you should make a run at him, and yes, you should probably plug him into your lineup. But here's where we got to temper expectations. Here's where everybody's got to calm down. So you got a guy named Brian Hill, who I promise you, at least your average to slightly above average fantasy player had never heard of until last week. All right, Let, let's All right. be honest here. He was behind Devontae Freeman, who has been a big disappointment. He's kind of salvaged his fantasy season from a PPR standpoint, like I mentioned. But Freeman's been a huge disappointment. They haven't been able to run the ball with Devontae Freeman. Mr. Hill wasn't just behind Devontae Freeman. No. He was behind Edo Smith as well. So here's a guy, if he's the second coming of LT and Jesus – Maybe he probably wouldn't have been behind both of those guys on a team that's been completely unable to run the football. I think logic tells me, yes, if I'm missing guys, if I got guys on by, sure. I got buys hurt, certainly he's going to touch the ball. We all know in the end fantasy football comes down to opportunity almost as much as what they do with the opportunity when we hit this war of attrition portion of the season. But, yes, spend all your free agent dollars. You know, light your sit- hair on fire. Brian Hill is LT incarnate. It's just, come on, if guys. You happen come to on. Be, if you happen to be sitting with a fantasy team with, say, I don't know, say you have Zeke and Marlon Mack. Right. 
you you don't need to stick Brian Hill in as your running back. No, it's <laughs> simple as that. It's I mean, just he's such not, an overreaction. Just, yeah, the it, amounts it, of money we've seen be spent on him. Free now we're getting towards the end of the year. I don't know how well, you can't take the free agent dollars with you into next year, but just I get so flustered. You brought up Ty Johnson and and now Brian. I get so flustered watching the back and forth and all the experts taking a victory lap because they like the kid coming out of college and now the third string running back for a football team that's been completely unable to run the football is starting now and he's about to take over the world now does it happen yeah it happens somebody catches lightning in the ball at the end of the year and somebody you never expected leads teams to fantasy championships if I'm wrong, I'll wear it. I don't think Brian Hill is going to win you a title. I just don't no, see it. No, and let's look. We look at the Lions, and now we look at the Falcons. This isn't the same thing as Elvin Kamara got hurt and Latavius Murray's taking his place. Or when LT would be out and Michael Turner would go off. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, I mean I'm just doing present day right, right now. Latavius Murray is already basically a proven commodity in – a system where Mark Ingram has just left was a top 10 or 15 yeah. back anyway. Along with Alvin Kamara's Ex- top two exactly. or three. Yeah. So obviously if Kamara's out, you want to get Murray in. And yeah. yeah, you better spend that treasure trove full of uh, dollars right. to get him. But, yeah, of course, he was drafted anyway. But the point is... This isn't even close to the same scenario. No, no. Should should you get him if you've had some injuries? Sure. He's going to be starting for at least a couple of games. Right. Yeah. So, you know, as again, we're getting to that attrition standpoint. You know, I don't want to tell you, you know, don't bother. He's going to be off. But just pump the brakes. Right. And this Austin Hooper thing, that is huge. That is, that is huge. That is absolutely massive. You know, Evan Ingram's banged up and on a bye. Now you take Hooper out. You know, Travis – Boy, if you got Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz, you're, you're talking about sitting in the catbird seat, right? There are no tight end. The tight end was awful all season as it was, and now these guys going down. Just bad, bad, bad things. Yeah, Darren Waller's been a real bright spot right. in the, t- in Waller, the tide. I, I still can't get him in my mind when I'm talking about the elite ones, and he's right there, and I he's – yeah, right now, um, PPR, you have Hooper 1, Kelsey 2, Waller 3, Mark Andrews another one at yeah. 4, Kittles at 5. And um, Ertz and Henry as well, you know, of course, we lamented about Ertz about three weeks ago. He's been on the climb, and Hunter Henry come back from an injury. He's moving up as well. And there's Greg Olson is bad. No, I can't say bad, but as inconsistent as right. he's been, he's two, four, six, seven. He's eighth in tight end yeah. scoring in PPR. Tells you all need to do. It's twenty nineteen, right. and Greg Olson, absent Cam Newton, is the number eight fantasy tight right. end in the with thirty five right catches. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a been a dirge this year, no doubt about it. All right, Matt Stafford still being considered day to day with those fractured vertebrae in his back. He'll be okay. That's another one I, I just don't understand. They've got to be playing possum here, right? I, I wonder if you see Matt Stafford again this year. To what end? I, I can't see any end unless they win two or three in a row and he heals up a little bit right. and there's still an opportunity to make the playoffs. If they lose the next two or three, why would you risk that? I mean, number one, is it's your back. And there's broken bones in it. Right. That's nothing. That's not like a toe. No, no. I mean, that, that could be dangerous. Yeah, you know, and that sounds like with something like that, right, that's just going to be a rest thing. You know, right. There's, there's going to be nothing they can do about it. So uh, things could get rough there for Kenny Galladay. 
Uh, he's about been the only fantasy relevant player on that team. I guess Marvin Jones every other week or so. Yeah. Anytime I run up against him in a close matchup and he scores sixty fantasy points. And uh Dwayne Haskin, Rick, gonna start been announced he's gonna start the rest of the season for the Redskins. It doesn't matter fantasy no. wise or NFL wise. It's smart, I think, by the Redskins. Let's see what you have. You're gonna have a top three pick, well, top four it, pick. It's smart as well because now you don't have to run the risk of Keenum getting hot and winning a couple of games and passing up True. Miami and the Bengals. Yeah. And I mean, you know, why lose these picks? Yeah, so good move there. I think real bad news for Terry McLaurin, right? You, you, you look at the splits between what he did with Case Keenum. You know, we're not talking about Peyton Manning here. We're talking about Case Keenum. But when Dwayne Haskins is there, Dwayne Haskins just isn't there yet. That we know. So this is smart by Washington, right? Give him reps, see what he can do over the next you know, six games, seven games, whatever they have left and decide with those top three picks, are you going after a Joe Burrow or a Tua, or are you going somewhere else? You, you know what I mean. And Dwayne Haskins is that guy of the future, but just not good for Terry McLaurin, who's been such a bright spot, probably the lone bright spot. You could make an argument for Adrian Peterson, but really the lone actual bright spot for the Redskins and Haskins right. just ain't the dude to get him the ball enough times for it to matter. You got that right. All right. Well, that's about it. I'm tired of talking about people being banged up. Week 10 – We'll give our takeaways here. My first takeaway, I'll just hop right in. This is an easy one. What a great week of football. I've been kind of lamenting and bitching and carrying on. This year has been, you know, I wonder if I'm clouded by how bad the officiating has been and all the nonsense surrounding the league. But, boy, week 10, it seemed like every game was either an absolute stunner, a one-possession game, came down to everything. What a great weekend of football. It was. I I was – you know, transfixed the, the entire day and, and into the night. I mean, it was great. Um, I, I can't – I'm just totally impressed. I mean, I, I have to say, you know, that's one of my takeaways. I have believed and I'm still believing in Kirk Cousins, man. I, I think he's going to be a big-time guy. I mean, he played well in that game. Did he have the, the massive – uh, passing yards against the Cowboys like Dak did, no. But he's 23 of 32, modest 220 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, no fumbles. Um, the run game's key with Minnesota. Cousins doesn't mind not throwing a ton. Right. And, I mean, it's just a great game. I, I Look, it's, it's not like Dallas wasn't tearing up that Minnesota defense at times. And, I mean, Amari Cooper torched him. Yeah. Um, but I tell you what, Minnesota's a solid team, and I think Kirk Cousins, I think he is a guy that can take him deep in the playoffs. And if this team makes a run in the playoffs, we're going to look back to this game because this is truly the first time in prime time against a good opponent where Kirk Cousins went out. And, again, he didn't dominate numbers-wise, but he looked like he was in charge, right? He did everything right. He didn't throw that back-breaking Tony Romo-like pick that he'd done his whole career in these type of games. This looks like after all that nonsense, all the carrying on by Diggs, and even worse, carrying on by Thielen, that he has got this team under control. This is his team. It's running through Dalvin Cook. He's making the throws he has to make when he needs to make them, especially 
especially down in the red zone and finding out all of a sudden Kyle Rudolph is the you know the be all end all for for tight ends catching uh, touchdowns right now. It's just he took this and if they go deep in the playoff, this is a game we're going to point at least where I say, all right, I, I like you. I now believe. I was skeptical well, going into that game. I now believe. To expand on that point, yeah, we're going to look at this game as like okay, Kirk Cousins arrived at this game, but I, I'm going to expand that and go back to the Diggs, Thielen, whining and convention about their quarterback. Right. Where Kirk Cousins, it just seemed like, man, a switch turned on Yeah. after it, that. It, it might have worked. Right? It, it, it may have worked. It, it, it may have been because he was angry. It may have been because he woke up and says, yeah, they're right. I have no idea. Right. Not even around that team. But, I mean, something clicked. And, I mean, they've been playing some good football. Yeah, that's a scary team it is going forward. All right, I'm going to step away from fantasy football a little bit, go a little bit homer. Rick, but it's hard to believe. There are still people out there questioning that Steelers trade for Minka Fitzpatrick. And I'm sorry, if you do, you are a draft Nick fool. And I just don't – you know, look, everybody can look at the numbers. We all know what Minka Fitzpatrick has done and the complete 180 it has done on that Steelers defense. I don't want to hear about the first-round pick. Worst-case scenario, this is what, going to be the 16th or 17th overall pick – Yes, we're going to have to do something. We, the Steelers, are going to have to do something about Ben Roethlisberger and soon if we don't think Mason Rudolph's that guy. I don't think Mason Rudolph's that guy. But you know what? I don't care. It's 16. You're talking about a lottery ticket, a coin flip if you're looking for a quarterback there. I don't want to hear it. He has transformed this defense. The Pittsburgh Steelers, as we sit here right now, are in the playoffs. If the season ended today. Right. Obviously it doesn't, but if the season ended today, True. they're in the playoffs. And I, I can point to nothing else. A better play by Mason Rudolph, but this was the catalyst for it and worth that first-round play. What's going to end up probably being a 17-21 to 21 somewhere in that first round. If you don't think that's worth it, you're – an idiot. You're, you're an idiot. Yeah. I, I Shut up. What, let, let's that? look at some of the. Let's look at some of the the whining and conve- Remember when Daniel Jones was picked? Oh, yeah. oh that's <laughs> crazy. What? <laughs> well, you know, guess what? One awful, so awful bad. Some of them, some of those guys actually know more than some of these guys on Twitter. It's amazing. No, that's not possible. Right? It, it, I don't believe it. It, it. I can't believe it either. I mean, some of these these pro scouts and these GMs no. and coaches, they no. actually know no. something about football. No, Rick, that. Jimmy Dubs on Twitter has the all 32, and yeah. he watches it in between his shifts at Burger King, yeah. and he knows. He knows, right. Rick. Don't tell me about scouts. But, but I'll tell you what. Get seriously. Number one pick means nothing. They already have a number one pick. Right. That is a proven commodity, and he is. It, there's no guesswork. Right. They have him. We got him, and he's playing now. I mean, forget next year. Yeah. You know, because this defense, with the addition of him, uh, it's it's amazing. It is night and day. 
you know, Joe Hayden doesn't have to run around like Troy did towards the end of his career trying to cover the entire right. secondary. Everybody's where they need to be. That pickup of Steven Nelson, that, I mean, is another great solid pickup. You know, well, why'd they get him? We heard that. Oh, when he, yeah. well, you know, why'd they get him? Number one, he wasn't expensive. And number two, he's pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. And now Minka Fitzpatrick just seems to be everywhere he needs to be. And... Yeah, there's no, there's not even an argument. I no. mean, it's because it's just it's just somebody that said something months ago that can't admit that they were wrong. Yeah, period. And, and that's what it is. And I'd like you know, in full disclosure, I like the deal. I love from it. the very beginning, but now seeing the fruits of it, I, it just makes it obvious. And and truthfully, I don't think you have to be looking for Ben Roethlisberger's replacement right now. No, you, maybe we have two more years of Ben, and if not, Mason Rudolph. Look, is he going to be as franchise quarterback? Probably not. But is he going to? I mean. He's every if this defense is as good as it looks right now, I'd sign Andy Dalton in the offseason and I'll make a deep run in the playoffs with Mason Rudolph is Trent Dilfer easily, right? (laughs) You know, as simple as that. I mean, he is if not better. I don't know if the Steelers defense is that transformative as to what that Ravens defense, but maybe they are. The last couple weeks they've been playing that, maybe not, but I think you know, it's Trent Dilfer is kind of a low bar. I'm not trying to be. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, so you can't take anything away from the man. But yeah, you're right. Sign Andy Dalton. He's without a job. Yeah. Who cares? And let the thing come completely undone and get the top three pick where you where you get an Andrew Luck territory or, or something, you know, that kind of there's never any sure fire, we know that. But the ones where there's no question. I'm sorry, if you're drafting a quarterback after the top five. There's questions there. Now, in recent years, you know, we've seen Mahomes, we've seen Watson, we've seen some guys trickle down. We've also seen Dwayne Haskins, right? And so right. The, this is what – you have a team that can win now. If Ben Roethlisberger can come back healthy, this team is going to be among the five favorites for the Super Bowl next season. If Ben Roethlisberger is not healthy, you find somebody, you find a bridge guy, ride out this defense you have put together right now, try to do it 90 style, right, with defense and a Neil O'Donnell. Yeah, but to keep arguing still at this point, you you, you just you look like a fool. Don't be a fool. And and how much of a fool would they look like if, just for example, even if they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they make a deep run in the playoffs? Talking about the Steelers under Mason Rudolph, and he's playing, you know, two thirty to two seventy a game, a touchdown or two, you know, very few turnovers, good turnover ratio. What more do you need? Yeah, if that defense is going to keep playing right. that one. All right, I'll quit hammering up. You got any other takeaways? Rick? Yeah, you know what? The AFC, while it's mediocre, it's extremely exciting. You know, besides the division leaders, we have Buffalo at six and three, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, and Oakland at five and four, Tennessee at five and five, Jacksonville at four and five, and the Chargers at four and six. I mean, it is wide open. Yeah, that, and I mean it, it. It's exciting watching these races. That last Sunday is going to be going to be a fun one because yeah. there's probably going to be five teams in line for two spots. Now a lot of these teams play each other going forward. And the funny thing is, you look at it, most of them have a soft schedule the rest of the way. It seems like everybody's got Cincinnati and Miami still to go. So, so yeah, I, I think that that's going to be a while. Well, it's not the best teams, and you're basically just you know playing for the right to have New England or Kansas City bash your head in that being said 
Kansas City ain't going far, Rick. With that defense. Baltimore might be. Baltimore, yeah, I guess uh, I should mention. And that was kind of my next. We'll just segue right into that. My last takeaway. Here's all I wrote down, Rick. Lamar Jackson. Wow. Yeah. Just wow. I have taken a cautious approach to Lamar Jackson. You know, I know you either have to be all in or a hater. You know, I'm doing (laughs) the air quotes thing here. I've kind of taken the cautious approach. Here's what I don't know if four years from now we're having this conversation about Lamar Jackson, but for right now and for what presumes to be the rest of this season, look the hell out. This kid, everything he touches turns to gold. That defense has got no answers for him. If you take away the run, he's able to make the throws. If you take away the throws, he'll just rip off 25 yards for him. You know what he reminds me of, Rick? Calling Kaepernick the 49ers Super Bowl year, where he got that heater, and it was never the same after that. And you're probably not supposed to say that now, but it was never the same after that. But boy, for that one year, and we saw stretches from Michael Vick like that in the past. Yeah. These guys who were really excellent runners. You know, we don't talk about Watson and Rodgers, the guys who can run, guys who run, Michael Vick. Colin Kaepernick and now Lamar Jackson, they hit stretches where there's nothing you can do with them. I don't know if it's sustainable year over year, season over season, but for right now, if I'm betting right now, Rick, I think the Baltimore Ravens may be the favorites to win the Super Bowl because there is nothing anybody can do to slow Lamar Jackson down right now. Not right now. You're right. I, I And everything you said is, is right. He's amazing. They have no answers for him. I, I it just scares me to death to see a quarterback through, what is it, 10, 10 games of the year has over 700 yards rushing. I mean, that, that scares me to death. It takes just one trip up and a hit on a knee to end his career. I mean, we right. saw that happen with RG3. And, you know, that was another one that – you know, comes to mind yeah. that, that you worry that about. That magical year he had in 2012, and yeah. it was never the same again. Yeah, yeah. because of Mike Shanahan. Ran him to death. <laughs> and, uh, no, I mean, you're right. A- absolutely, I think he's amazing. His stats are there. He has, what, 21 total touchdowns. He only has five picks. He's got over 2,000 yards passing, 700 yards rushing. Everything's just fast, you know, just fabulous. I just... It just worries me. Every single time look, I don't even root for the for the Ravens, but you just you love to see a guy playing like he does, but boy, you hold your breath every time he takes that run out of the pocket, don't you? Yeah. I you, because everybody is coming at him full steam. I mean, because they're all running four fives out there. Yeah, yeah. And it's scary. I mean, but yeah, I mean, if you're a fantasy owner, yeah. enjoy it. Well, I got to say, this is so hard as an admitted Steelers homer. You're so predisposed and for good reason to hate the Baltimore Ravens. It is thrilling to watch yeah. this kid play right now. It really, it is so fun to watch. And, and I found out since I have a couple of years on you, you know, like 40 of them, I find it much much harder to hate even division rivals even close not even compared to how much i hated the raiders back in the 70s because you had the steel curtain and you had the raiders and you had the houston oilers they were the same stinking team year after and you hate snake stabler couldn't stand him i wanted to see him get crushed see and that's the you real pro- dilemma i have though for some of my age it's the baltimore ravens Right. The, the well, clean. I mean, I understand that, but it's just 
they don't the faces change so well, much. It's true. not quite yeah. the same. You don't you have know? ten years right. of the same nonsense. Yeah, I, I get that. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a little young for the Raiders, I guess. You know, I'm trying to think when I was a kid, was it Bernie Kosar with the Brown? But it's the Steelers right. were genuinely, generally uh, competitive with them. The Browns were better during oh, yeah, those definitely. days, but it was generally competitive games. And then the Browns left, and then they come back, and they were so awful. I don't really have that. You know, actually, who it is for for probably everybody, but someone in my age if we don't have that Raiders it's the Patriots right while not division play they play every year yeah. and they can't compete with them and well, you that's, have that's the, the problem evil too. empire you know what that's I mean? the problem too I mean a rivalry is well it should know, be right? and Nick Saban said that you know I just saw it on some rivalry show on the on sports channel or something I don't know what it was but you know he he actually said you know a rivalry is where you don't know who's going to win the well, game. Well, that's true. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like uh, the Alabama LSU rivalry or whatever. It's not Alabama Vanderbilt. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. Talk about kicking off a of football as good as the NFL was. It started three thirty on Saturday with that Alabama LSU yeah. game. Wow, that was fun to watch. And Minnesota Penn State game. Yeah, was horrible to watch being Penn State fan but I tell you what Minnesota played good and that's where you went wrong uh, Minnesota played a great game all right Rick well let's move on here please game ball ball, stinky socks go ahead and start this show okay game ball goes to Amari Cooper (laughs) you You say that as somebody who had been vanquished by Amari Cooper this week oh it doesn't yeah I mean I get vanquished every I I have Arguably one of the best lineups I've ever fielded in fantasy football <laughs> in, in our League of Consequence. Good for you after what you did. And, and and I've lost three straight to career games by everybody that seems to play. <laughs> but anyway, eleven pick or eleven catches, hundred forty seven yards and a touchdown. I mean, that was against a, a good Minnesota defense too. Yeah, that's uh you know, Michael Gallup hasn't turned into what I thought he should be. Started off kind of fast, yeah. had that injury, and he just hasn't been quite the same. Ezekiel Elliott, you know, has been kind of up and down, you know, just hasn't been dominating the way you expect an Ezekiel Elliott to do so. So I think it speaks well of Dak Prescott that he's able to keep that team competitive, and it's almost exclusively through the use of Amari Cooper, right? I worry about Amari Cooper. He reminds me of you know, so many guys in the past where every time he gets hit, he's slow getting up. You know, It seems like he's perpetually nicked up. He looks like he's been Joseph shot. Joseph Adai. Yeah, every time he gets tackled, <laughs> he looks like he's been shot. But he keeps getting back up. And you watch these games, and a lot of the time the numbers don't bear it out, but you sit down to watch a game when it's in prime time, and I promise you this will happen on Thanksgiving. It'll feel like every single play goes to Amari Cooper. Yep. And, you know, and he catches a five-yard in, and he's somehow 45 yards downfield it's just he's one of those guys and it, it it's scary and it's still hard to believe Oakland didn't have room for that guy on yeah. that team as they're sitting you know a half game out of the playoffs right now exactly all right well I'll tell you I'll keep the good vibes going we game ball to DJ Morrig how about nine for a buck 20 and a touchdown with what Kyle Island's doing there Curtis Samuel's been good he's been fine in the end zone it seems like DJ Moore's been the possession guy Plus, along with what you know, obviously Christian McCaffrey's doing, but DJ Moore is getting very consistent, right? It's it's not overwhelming, 
but is a guy you probably have as a low-end two, a high three, a flex spot in a two-receiver league. You're in a lot of production from DJ Moore. You don't know if you trust it every week, but I think each week more and more you see a trust developing between Kyle Allen and DJ Moore, and it's it's exciting to watch. You know, we had that debate all summer. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, you know, can they support both? No, I think we might have been wrong on that, Rick. Not to tremendous numbers, well, but both are putting up viable fantasy football numbers. And right let's now. not forget that Cam Newton's not quarterback. True. I mean, it's a different. That was a big part of our argument. It's a You're different right. scenario. You're right. I mean, I, I could see Greg Olson having f- at least fifteen more catches oh, if Newton was in that. there, if yeah. not more, and um, pro- and a quarterback would be running more. Obviously, yeah, the offense has completely changed with right. Kyle Allen, and surprisingly, Kyle Allen has been—he's been great. I'll just say he's been really good. He's been great for yeah. the DJ situation. DJ Moore, fifty-four catches, six hundred and eighty-four yards. Yeah, really, the only thing holding him back as far to as far as being a, a wide receiver one is the lack of touchdowns. He only has the one. Right. I mean, he's still. He is, what, 15th in PPR scoring, so well, that's uh, not bad. No, you'll, you'll take that. All right. Well. You stink. I've got a pair of socks. Oh, okay. And well, I want, most people do. And I want to give one to a running back and another one to a running back. Oh, but you're putting them together. Yes. This is bold. I'm going to give before. one to Lev Bell. 18 carries, 34 yards. He did have a touchdown, but his longest run was four yards against the freaking who? New York Giants. Okay? Yeah. And the other sock goes to Saquon Barkley. <laughs> 13 rushes, one yard. One yard. No touchdowns. His longest run was three yards against the freaking New York Jets. <laughs> so they get a pair of socks. They're terrible. It was horrible. And how about Saquon Barkley after the game goes for an MRI on nothing? They won't tell us what it was no, for. No, it was his it's, shoulder. It's an no ex- An X-ray on his shoulder. Or an X-ray, yeah, not and an And he MRI. says he will not cut back his playing time, and he's fine. You know, I don't know. Maybe he got some of that stuff Pete Carroll had. I'd have no idea. It's been bad, you know, pretty much. We've had the injuries, but it's been uninspiring, even when healthy with Saquon Barkley this year. Is this a uh, – Daniel Jones thing? Is this the offense being due? I just can't fathom how this offense is now running through Golden Tate, and it really is. And, and Daniel not, Jones. Right, and not Saquon Barkley. I don't know. I have He hasn't been as effective in the passing games. We can put that on Daniel Jones. Why maybe it's the offensive line. I don't know. I'm nervous, you know, as a Saquon Barkley owner in several leagues. And for Saquon Barkley owners like sitting across the table from me, it's it, no no bueno. Well, Saquon Barkley, of course, he missed, what, the three games with the ankle injury. We understand that. But he's behind James Conner, who missed time. Elvin Kamara, no shame there, but he's missed time. He's behind Lev Bell, who we've been lamenting all year long about how poorly he's been playing. So, I mean, yeah, he's got 402 yards two touchdowns, 33 catches, 200. You know, all in all, he's got almost 700 total yards. It's a nice year, just not what you expected from Saquon. Exactly. That's not what you drafted him for. Right. 
And you wonder, correct me if I'm wrong, that was a high ankle for him, wasn't it? Yeah, it it was. You you just wonder, because he hasn't been good since he's been back. You just want those, those things tend to stick around, right? And he kind of came back quicker than we initially thought he would as it was. You wonder if he just didn't write. I mean, 13 carries for one yard against the New York Jets. Your offensive line can't be that bad. It just can't. You wouldn't be. think it so. It can't possibly be that bad. All right. Since you did it, Rick, unprecedented. I'm going to do it. Oh! I'm going to take a pair of stinky socks. All right, I like that. One probably has a lot to do with the other as I go with QB and wide receiver. Jared Goff looked like he was completely lost out there against that Pittsburgh Steelers pass rush. He was. Two interceptions, a fumble loss, and less than two fantasy points. To that end, he did throw for over 230 yards. Unfortunately, nary a one of them went to Cooper Cup, who you would think should average 15 <laughs> catches a game with, you know, with Brandon Cooks out. Right. And he takes the, the hook, the donut, zip zero, stingy with De Niro. Cooper Cup with nothing. Good. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. That's great. But just big, gnarly, stinky socks for those two. That Rams offense is a mess with a capital M. Yeah, and we hit it, you know, with Brian Williams out. I mean, it's not going to get any better. Game ball goes to. My star of the week last week at quarterback was Daniel Jones. I just got a toot his horn, 26 for 44 touchdowns in a, in a losing effort. He absolutely, we already talked about the run game. No run game, three yards rushing. And he kept this team in that game right. where they could have gotten blown out quite easily. Danny Dimes. Yeah, man. He's going to be the real God. I hope he turns into Peyton Manning. It is all these New York fans saying, I told you all along after the way they react. Yeah. And all the draft nicks and the fussing and carrying on. Exactly. All right. What do we got here? I can give one shout here to Ronald Jones, Rick. I don't think we've really talked about how he's kind of taken over that number one role in Tampa. Now, that number one role in Tampa equates to about 30 yards a week in rushing, right. which he had last week, I believe, it was 29 yards. And yet, Peyton Barber had 43 and a touchdown, yeah. too, in the same game. So, But he's become a big, big part of that passing game. Last week, right. eight catches, 77 yards. Up until the, uh, Peyton Barber sniped that one for him last week, he'd been consistently fine in the end zone. Here's a guy you got late, 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 and he hit waiver wires early, and you picked him up off of waivers. Here's a guy who, Rick, I'm feeling pretty good about heading through the rest of the season. They find new and creative ways to lose games every week, but everybody's putting up numbers. Jameis Winston throws for 400 yards every week. It's funny. I'm not a mathematician. We need to figure out the formula that the higher Jameis Winston passing yards go, at the same rate their (laughs) their winning percentage goes down. Their chance of winning percentage goes down. It's amazing. Mike Evans is putting up monster numbers. Chris Godwin's doing what we all expected him to do this summer. And now Ronald Jones in PPR formats is putting up numbers week in and week out. Jameis Winston is third in the league in passing yards. 17 touchdowns, 14 picks. Well, that, that therein lies the rub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I remember we had a show with that as, yes. a, as, as a whole um, subject. But, yeah, he's, he's a mess. I mean, look, I understand that the offense isn't – I can't say it's not good because they they tend to score points on people and they have a good run game. 
I'm not sure what the problem is. Is it Jameis Winston? He sure, certainly just, hasn't stepped up to. He turns the ball over. Exactly. 14 picks already. And every time he turns it over, it's in some spectacular fashion. Somehow the ball ends 60 yards up in the air, 50 yards behind him. And every time it's returned for a touchdown. I've never seen anything, never seen such highs. A guy with the inability, a guy with the ability to throw for 450 yards in a National Football League game. And you walk away with it thinking he looked like a boob today. <laughs> you know okay. what? I mean? It's just amazing. Here, here's just a little um, example of if you're playing fantasy football and you have minus points for interceptions, obviously, right? Jameis Winston has twenty six hundred. Excuse me, twenty seven hundred and sixty five passing yards. Okay, jot this down a little oh, bit if you right. want. I'm going to do the math here. All right. 20. Tom Brady has 2,536. Okay. So that means Jameis Winston has more. Jameis Winston has 17 touchdowns. Okay. Tom Brady has 14. So that's more as well. Jameis Winston has 139 rushing yards. No, we don't need to talk about Tom, Tom Brady. Brady has three. <laughs> Okay. Jameis Winston has three more fantasy points than Tom Brady. <laughs> Tells you all you need to know, right? Yeah. Oh, the turkey. Yeah, you keep talking about the 14 interception. What are the fumbles lost, too? I mean, it's got to be approaching double digits. Yeah, that's – well – And it's always spectacular when four. he does it. Four, yeah. So, he has 18 turnovers. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, and like I said, the higher, the higher his yardage and touchdowns go up, the lower their winning percentage goes. It, it's a, it's truly amazing. That's true. All so, right, we pick Thursday night football. Or yes, you got we more? let no. Let's do it. All right. So uh, to, before we get into that, one last stinky sock to either the National Football League or the NCAA. I don't know who to blame as tonight. The Pittsburgh Steelers on the road in Cleveland, while the Pitt Panthers are in Heinz Field hosting yeah. North Carolina. That's <laughs> that's yeah. about pretty pretty dumb but nice let's schedule. talk let's talk about the Steelers here Steelers coming off that win getting three going to Cleveland coming off a win as well yeah I, it's amazing to me and I mean obviously these odds makers know more than we do I yeah, mean they, a they're basic, game they gave, gave them the three for they're giving them the field. three points I, I tell you what I like this Pittsburgh defense and the way they're playing right now I know it's going to be a short week but I think that actually will benefit the Steeler defense. Just not near as many wrinkles can be thrown into the offense in such a short time. I like Pittsburgh 24, Cleveland 20. So I'm going to have Pittsburgh win and cover. Yeah, I think this is going to be a horrific football game to watch. Right? Most likely. Yeah, the Steelers. They mostly are. Yeah, the, the Steelers offense is blah, and that might be an understatement. They're blah. The Browns' offense has been bad. Both really good defensive football teams. I just think the Steelers are on such a tear. You know, you worry. I hate the short week going on the road. It's a 90-minute drive from Heinz Field to whatever that sewer is in in Cleveland. So I'm going to take the Steelers here. Nothing would surprise me. A blowout either way, a tight game, a tie. Nothing would surprise me. I hate these Thursday night games. I think it is a field goal game. I'm going to make it Steelers 20-16 to just to have a pick against the spread. So I, I think we we agree 100%. I think the one thing, if he can stay on the field, James Conner has a big, big night tonight. You can you run can, on you Cleveland can run traditionally, on Cleveland. Yeah. All right, is that it? No, I got a couple of strange and unusual sports oh. factoids for oh, the audience Rick and Briggs yourself. Factoids. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
former New York Yankee first baseman Joe Pepitone was born on October 9th, 1940. Well, you cannot have a more New York name than Joe Pepitone. I remember Joe. I do not. He's the same birth date as as late Beatle John Lennon. And the guy that wrote this says, I don't really know exactly what this means, but perhaps it explains some of the counterculture activities by Pepitone, the first ball player ever to use a hairdryer in the clubhouse. That's a bold move. <laughs> yeah. When did Mr. Pepitone play? In the 60s. Oh, yeah, oh, that's yeah. a real bold move. Oh, uh, you, don't, you, you do not remember Joe Pepitone. No, that's way before Long black hair, you know. Uh, hey, oh, yeah, he was, he was cool. All right, it takes 3,000 cows to supply the NFL with enough leather for a year's supply of footballs. That's because they keep throwing them in the stands after every play. Did you know that there are only two days of the year in which there are no professional sports games from baseball, basketball, hockey, or football? No, that's actually fascinating. That is the day before and the day after the baseball all-star game. It would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's the only one. <laughs> I never one. thought about I that. I didn't either. Um, Deion Sanders has played in both the World Series and the Super Bowl. Yeah, I did know that. Okay. The Olympic rings. Do you know why the, the Olympic rings are yellow, green, red, black, and blue? I do not. Those colors were selected because at least one of those five colors appeared in every flag of the world. I'll be done. Um, the Boston Celtics. We all know the Boston Celtics, right? I'm aware. A charter NBA franchise. I've heard of them. Have never had a player lead the league in scoring. Larry Bird never led the league in scoring? Never led the league in scoring. I, that, I, my jaw dropped That's, when I read that one. And all they did was win every championship for about 30 years in the Gee, 60s. it is a team game, isn't yeah, it? Apparently. Oh, wow. I'll be done. Isn't that something? Okay, let's see. Who's the only player to play in three straight World Series for three different teams? Oh, jeez. I would have no idea. Don Baylor. 86 Red Sox, 87 Twins, 88 A's. I'd have never guessed that. No, I, I couldn't have got there. Okay. In 1960, Yankee second baseman Bobby Richardson hit one home run and knocked in 26 runs in 150 games and 460 at-bats, okay? That year against the Pittsburgh Pirates, he set a World Series record with 12 RBIs, including a grand slam. He became the only player from a losing team ever to be voted World Series MVP. <laughs> After 1-26 in 26 yeah. through the entire season. And do you know how many dimples are on a regulation golf ball? Seven. 336. Yeah. So they count them? I'll be darned. No, some guy just over in the corner made up a number. Well, that's of what course they count them. I think it could be variable. Do the dimples have to be a regulation size? Do you think Is there a dimple standard for your golf balls per the USGA? You're the on golf a guy. regulation golf ball. Yes. Who's taking the time to count them though? Like could could some could uh, Tiger sure. Woods protest Phil Mickelson's ball for lack or overuse of dimples? I doubt it. If they're both playing Titleist, it's kind of hard Would to argue. More them. dimples? Do or you lo- think a Kushnet or Titleist is actually going to change their little machine die well, with one or two less dimples so they true. can make one? No, Would I'd, more dimples or less be better? 
I don't know. Or is that the perfect amount of it's dimples? It's probably the aerodynamic configuration of the dimples. Here's that what I want you to work on for next week. Maximum why, trajectory. Why do less... they have dimples? Huh? Why do they have dimples? Why is it not a solid ball? This I need to know. That's your homework for next week. No, that's your homework. Well, I'm going to forget as soon as we get off the air. You know that. It's for aerodynamic purposes. All right. I think we've lost the show here. Let's go watch the Steelers and Pitt. I'm going to be double screening tonight. So, right. Thanks for joining us. If you're still listening, I don't know why, but we appreciate it. Check out the show, at Asylum Football on Twitter. You can still get questions into for Rick's mailbag tomorrow night, asylumfootball at gmail.com. And, of course, everything over at Full-Time Fantasy, at Full-Time Fantasy on Twitter and fulltimefantasy.com. Um, till uh, tomorrow, I guess. We'll see it. This allows the smoothly flowing air to follow <laughs> the ball's surface a little farther around the backside of the ball, thereby decreasing the size of the wake. Say take care. Take care. <laughs>